Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. Today, I'm here with Katie Dodd, and Katie is a geriatric dietitian, writer, speaker, consultant, mentor, and leader. And she's here to talk all about blogging and passive income, which I am very excited about. I've just gotten into blogging myself, but I know that Katie is the pro and she has able been able to build quite a successful business based on blogging and more. So really excited to talk about that. But first, let me just tell you a little bit more about her. So Katie has a variety of non-traditional income streams. She is a blogger with the geriatric dietitian and high calorie recipe blogs and the host of the Dietitian Side Hustle podcast. She lives in Medford, Oregon, and is a mom to Gavin and Emily. And uh, yeah, I just want to get started. I know you have so much that you can share about this topic, but I would love for everyone that doesn't know you already, if you could just share a little bit about your background and story. Sure. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So I have been a registered dietitian in um, Oregon for the past 13 years. Now, when I went into my career, I never intended on being an entrepreneur. I thought that I would get a traditional dietitian job, which I did. I was working for the Department of Veteran Affairs doing home care for actually 13 years, had the same job the whole time. About seven years ago, I got into side hustling and side hustling is just something you do on the side, right? A lot of people do it because of extra income. They want to do something they're passionate about. Maybe they want to start something because eventually they want to transition out of their full-time job and be a full-time entrepreneur. So I actually started, um, I can probably talk a whole podcast episode about my journey through side hustling and entrepreneurship, (laughs) but I will say one of the primary drivers for me was, um, money. And it was unpaid maternity leave down here in the States and wanting to stay home with my kiddos for as long as I could before I had to go back to my full-time job. So I got started with freelance writing. I started doing webinars and the deeper I dove into entrepreneurship, the more I realized, well, gosh, I could do work for other people and they pay me. And that's wonderful and lovely. But the truth of the matter is I'm getting paid I'm getting paid to build their dreams mm-hmm. where on the flip side, if I create my own business and work for myself, it's going to take a little bit longer, but in the end I can make so much more money, so much more impact. And I'm building my own dreams. So I think it was probably 2000 and it was 2019 where I really started diving headfirst into entrepreneurship, recognizing like, Oh wait, I am an entrepreneur. How can I build more streams of income, reach more people and build something that is my own. Now in June, of 2019, I started my first blog called the geriatric dietitian. That's what I did. I worked with older adults as a dietitian. It was an area I was passionate about. And there was an area that there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of false information online about. So I was like, okay, I can help more older adults by creating this blog. I can help, help other healthcare professionals 
And I could also start building a business based around this brand. So I took some online courses. I learned how to become a blogger. So um, without going too much into the weeds of blogging, I learned things such as search engine optimization, um, and then also a lot of business skills to continue to grow, not just my website, but my business online that I was building. I will say one thing about me. I saw patients full-time in my job, and I had zero interest in seeing patients outside of my full-time job. So I'm a bit of an introvert and I did not want to work with humans aside from like, I like working with dietitians, students, um, nutritionists. I, I do like that, but I didn't want to work with more clients. And so that was the appeal to blogging is that I can do this on my own time from the comfort of my own home and, and just make it my own without having to work with humans. And like, this is wonderful. So mm-hmm. I really fell in love with blogging and, um, have had a lot of success with it. I have been able to build up not only my traffic through SEO, but building up my income streams. A lot of people ask, well, how in the heck do you make money through a blog? I make money in five primary ways. I make money by having ads on the website, by selling digital handouts, by selling e-cookbooks and e-books, by um, selling a course and also affiliate sales. And that's primarily Amazon affiliates where people are buying stuff through my affiliate links that I fully disclose. And it's a small piece of the puzzle, but it's, it's an additional income stream and it all adds up. So those are the ways that I actually make money blogging. And, um, yeah, it's been really wonderful because over time I've been able to build up my traffic right now. My website gets over a hundred thousand visits per month. And, um, I think right now it, it kind of varies. That's the blogging world. It kind of goes up and down and that's just, there's so many things that can cause that variation. But I think this month I'm around 120,000 sessions visits per month. So, um, and then the website makes for since October, it's made about $4,000 a month in completely passive income. And and I know we're going to talk about passive income, but just for those who don't know what passive income is, um, we have what we traditionally think of is um, how we make money is active income. We are trading our time for money. If you work 40 hours a week, you get paid for 40 hours a week. Maybe you're doing something based on a contract. You have your contract. Once it's done, you're paid, but you don't continue to get paid from that, right? Where passive income, you create something once. You have to have systems to continue get to get people into your world, but essentially you're making money on autopilot. You'll hear people call it like money you make in your sleep. And that mm-hmm. it is true. I wake up, I check my phone, I'm like huh, I sold some stuff and I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a misconception about passive income is it's not like it's easy money or free money. It does take a lot of work upfront, oftentimes work where you're not getting paid at all, but the payoff is where you continue to bring in money without having to exclusively trade time for money, which is why I'm so obsessed with blogging because I'm able to generate $4,000 a month in completely passive income, giving me more time and financial freedom to do other things that I'm very passionate about. Now I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting in the weeds here with my story. I'm starting to pull into it. Go for it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I will say as um, I got deeper into blogging and just realizing this is so, so cool. I want to help more people do what I've been able to do. So in um, fall of 2020, I created my um, program called the blogging accelerator program. So I have my own podcast dietitian side hustle, and I teach dietitians how to start a side hustle, but that's very broad, right? I mean, side hustle can be so many different things. But where I really fell into my zone of genius and what I was really passionate about was blogging. Mm -hmm. So I started this blogging accelerator program, helping dietitians and students and nutritionists and other healthcare professionals in there now too, but Mm -hmm. to start a blog and build traffic, to build a business online and essentially replicate what I've been able to do. So, Mm -hmm. um, kind of my 
wrapping up my journey <laughs> of <laughs> being a dietitian in a traditional job, I um, started blogging. I started teaching other dietitians how to blog. I will say I work with a business coach. So I fell really um, heavy into business coaching and learning from other business coaches myself and how to continue to impact more people in more meaningful ways. And that has enabled me to leave my full-time job. That was something I never thought I would do, but I actually left my full-time job in December of 2021. And I'm in my fourth month of being a full-time entrepreneur. How is it so far? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am obsessed. I love it so much. I feel like every day I'm just so grateful. I almost want to cry because this was my side hustle up until, um, a little bit over three months ago. And this was stuff that I just did on the side for fun because I loved it. And now I feel like I'm on vacation for the rest of my life. And I just get (laughs) to do things that I love and serve like my ideal client, which is (laughs) dietitians, nutritionists, people who want to blog and make impact online. And it just, it doesn't feel like work. And I just get so teary eyed every day, just how grateful I am that I get to live this life. One I didn't really think was possible for me. I will say I had every intention of working until I was um, 68, (laughs) retiring from the federal government, having my pension, having my retirement. And like, I had this all planned out, you know, this, this was not the direction I anticipated going. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, so, so, so grateful. And I love it. Highly recommend. Yeah. And I love that you've also shared, you know, that you've done it in the way that feels good for you. Right. It wasn't like you knew that doing more client work with, you know, um, dietitian clients wasn't going to be the thing that you wanted to do. It wasn't going to bring you joy. So, you know, uh, leveraging the blog and passive ways of making income. So I'd love to kind of give people that first starting path of what they would do if like, let's say that they're not blogging right now, what would be the first step they could take? Um, Because I'm assuming that right away, obviously you didn't have a blog, you had to build it up. So I would love to just kind of share those first few steps so people can start dreaming how to kind of get to that place where you're at now. Sure. And I could actually share three steps for people who are listening, who are like, wait a minute, did you say $4,000 a month in passive income? Tell me more (laughs) about this blogging business. And so, um, you know, it, it is, it isn't easy peasy. I will say that right off the bat. It isn't, you know, obvious with anything in life, it was easy. Everyone would be doing it, but it's, it's very possible. It's just a path that not a lot of people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. So if I were to break it down into three steps on how to get started and have success with blogging, um, I'm just going to break this down, but the first step is going to be to, um, figure out what you want to do. The next step is going to be figure out how to do it. And then the last step is just going to be to do it. But let me break that down because I know that's very, very simplified. (laughs) So a lot of the challenges that I see from people who want to start a blog business is number one, they just don't know what to do. And, you know, actually Stephanie and I actually just recorded an episode for the Dietitian Side Hustle podcast. And we were having a conversation about niching down and really focusing and getting clarity in who you're speaking to. It's the same thing with a blog with a website is you want to be very clear on who you are speaking to online. What is your niche? So for mine, it was the geriatric dietitian where actually I wasn't speaking, or I guess I'm not, I'm still doing the blog, but I don't speak to older adults specifically. I'm actually speaking to the caregivers and family members of sick, frail, older adults. So I have clarity. This is my niche and who I speak to, because the reality is A lot of the times when an older adult starts losing weight unintentionally, they're becoming malnourished. They're not online Googling, how do I stop my unintended weight loss? They don't care. It is their caregivers, it is their son, their daughter, their granddaughter who are like, oh my gosh, mom, grandpa is losing weight. They're going to fall. They're going to go to the hospital. How can I help them? So get clarity in who you help and who, you know, what your niche is. Now, 
in addition to getting that clarity, you also have to figure out how do you actually make money blogging? Now I kind of went over that briefly. I didn't get too in the weeds, but you have to figure out like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I want to make money blogging. Having that plan ahead of time is going to be helpful because maybe you want to grow your blog to generate um, traffic for ads. Maybe you want to grow your blog to um, sell online programs and courses. Maybe you want to build it so that way you can work with clients one-on-one, just have a you know a way to continue to bring clients into your world. So getting clarity in who you're going to help and how you're going to make money through blogging. Yeah. So next one, <laughs> the second problem that I see with people when they want to start a blog is they still know how to do it. When it comes to the tech, the strategy, the business skills, it's just so overwhelming. And it makes sense. We went to school to become nutritionists, to become dietitians, to become, you know, in this healthcare world, we didn't go to school to like be a blogger, right? <laughs> At least I didn't. And I'm sure there's people who did, but a lot of it is, well, first off, figuring out the tech. So that way you can start a website. Um, without going into the weeds, there's, um, better and not so better ways to start a website. And we want to make sure that we are going the path that's going to enable us to reach our goals with blogging. And um, a lot of that just, I'll get in a little bit in the weeds, but I always recommend starting a website on wordpress.org and making what's called a self-hosted website. Sometimes we can buy one of those um, pre-made websites that are so easy to use, but there's a lot of limitations in what we can do as far as making our website fast, optimizing it so it can be found on search engines and even down the line making money. So before we start, we want to make sure, okay, do I understand how to build the website and which website platforms and which Um, resources should I use to build this? The next one is the strategy, which is so, so, so important. I would say, actually, this one's probably right behind having clarity in your niche, but it's learning search engine optimization, SEO. You may have heard of this term before, or maybe you're hearing it for the first time, but SEO is a strategy on how do we get our content found on the first page of search engines like Google. Most people are entering the internet through a search engine. We don't really think of this, but oftentimes we go to our phone. We're asking um, maybe a different device in our house that we talk to, to find something for us, to get information for us. And when that information is pulled up, it's actually bringing us to blog articles that are answering these problems that we have. So if you learn search engine optimization, you are learning how can I, with strategy, figure out how if someone searches my niche, it pulls me up on the first page of Google. If you don't do this, if you skip this step, no one's going to find your content. You can have the best blog in the entire world, but it's going to be such a bummer because no one's going to find you. Flip side, you can have the worst blog in the world with really bad information, but if you're like really good at SEO, it's going to pull up. So SEO is so, so important. And then also business skills, because if we are talking about blogging as a business, you do have to make sure you understand some of the fundamentals when it comes to business from making sure that you have... um, like a website disclaimer, um, terms of service, um, confidentiality, even simple things from making sure if you are making money to paying your taxes and just those important Mm -hmm. business things on the back end, right? That some people don't think about. It's like, oh, it's just a blog. Well, it's just a blog, but it still is a business. And if you're making money, there's stuff you got to do on the back end. So if we take someone who doesn't know what they want to do and they don't know how to do it, and then we combine that with perfectionism, which a lot of nutritionists, a lot of dietitians, a lot of people experience, that leads to overwhelm and inaction. So this idea of like, yeah, blogging sounds really cool. It just stays as this idea in our head and never comes to fruition in reality. So the third step on how to <laughs> build your blog after figuring out what you want to do, um, figuring out how to do it, is you just have to do it. A lot of it is 
figuring out like what are the simple steps on how to do the thing, breaking through any issues that you have with mindset because perfectionism, imposter syndrome, these things show up in, in a way that just keep us stuck. They keep us, us like paralyzed. We, we can't even move forward to learn anything because we're so stuck or we feel like I have to get everything right. I have to get all of my ducks in a row before I can move forward. And I've met a lot of people. They say like, oh, I've been paying for my website for two years and I never hit publish. And it's because mm-hmm. that perfectionism is so heavy. And for me, I, I used to, I'm a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> but I've really learned to embrace um, being imperfect and taking imperfect action. My mantra anymore is that done is better than perfect. We learn and we do better through reps by doing things over and over and over again. And if you're just sitting there focusing on making everything perfect without doing it, you're never going to get perfect. I mean, perfect is a myth. It's an illusion. It does not exist, but we can continue to get better and do better. And we do that by practice. We do something once. If we flop, that's okay. We learn so many lessons from failure. I think a lot of people are scared of failure and they want to avoid it at all costs. But I think being an entrepreneur, I've realized the value of failure. And I actually, this sounds weird, but I get excited when I fail because I'm like, oh, what lessons are in here? Because you only truly fail as if you give up. And I do see that where people, they'll they'll do something and maybe they'll put a program out into the world or they'll say, I'm taking clients. And then it's crickets and no one joins. And they feel like, oh my gosh, you know what? I tried, this didn't work. I knew I was going to fail. See, I knew this wasn't for me. This worked for so-and-so, but this could never work for me. And then we start telling ourselves all these lies in our heads. And and that's really where failure, that's not a good teacher. That's you just feeling like, um, like, you know, everything sucks. This will never work. Where if you have a failure and you look back on like, okay, what did I do well? What did I, what could I do better? Maybe working with a business coach, working with someone who has done what you've wanted to do and figure out how can I pivot? How can I twist? How can I, you know, make this better? Because again, failure is a great teacher. And it also means we're doing the thing. (laughs) And and when you do the thing, you are more likely to have success. So long story, but if you want to become a blogger, got to figure out what you want to do, how you're going to do it, then you got to do it and get over all the stuff in our head that stops us from doing it. Yeah. Thank you so much for walking us through all of those steps, because I, I think you nailed, you nailed each one of those. And I think there are some people who, you know, this is kind of a, maybe a catch 22 because they want to take that imperfect action and start blogging. But then yet we do want to be specific about how we're blogging and being intentional about that. So what would you say about someone that maybe took the imperfect action has been blogging, but isn't really seeing any results? What would be something they could start doing now? Like, would that be SEO optimization or what would be your uh, biggest recommendation? Yes. I think it's very valuable to just take time to sit still and audit audit ourselves, audit our business and look at, okay, I'm doing the thing. That's wonderful. But why is it not having success? And maybe if you have a blog and you've had that for a while and you're like, SEO, what's that? That's your problem. We got to fix that easy peasy. (laughs) But (laughs) but there could be a lot of other things. Maybe your website is optimized for SEO, but you're not putting out content. If you don't put out blog articles, you're not going to start showing up on the first page of Google and build what we call domain authority. So that way you become one of those people more likely to be on the first page if you're not putting out content. Um, Maybe there's an actual issue with your website. Maybe you are on a host or a platform, or maybe you have a little bit of weeds, but I'm going to get in the weeds for a minute, but maybe you have a website that is, um, looks really cool. It's super flashy, has all these moving parts, but it makes your website really, really slow. And Google doesn't want to rank slow websites on the first page of Google. If your website takes like five, 10 seconds, that's like hours and internet time. Like if, if your website is not immediately up, 
people are going to go back and Google doesn't want to show that stuff. So maybe it's an issue of you got a great website, but your website's just so clunky because you wanted to make it look pretty and flashy and fun. And so maybe it's a technical issue with fixing your website. So a lot of it is just sitting down and auditing. Okay, here's what I've done. What is the issue? Mm -hmm. You might not know. You know, it might be clear, like, okay, I need to do SEO. <laughs> Maybe it's time that I invest money and take a course, learn how to do the things, stop trying to bootstrap everything and doing it for free. Um, maybe it's a tech issue with your website. Maybe it's just a, a motivation issue that you just, you got to start putting out the content, but maybe you don't know. I will say there are all kinds of people that you can hire to help you if, if that is kind of the stage you're at, whether or not it's a tech person or a business coach person, or um, there, there's just so many resources out there, especially in this online world. So maybe your first step is just going to be to figure out who can help me figure out what's wrong because I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because that's one big piece of the puzzle. And then kind of on that note, would you say then when you're auditing and maybe you feel like, okay, well, I've been putting so much content out there and it's not working. Would you actually recommend then that they instead focus on less content, but more valuable content? Or do you think when it comes to blogging, it's just like getting more pumping more and more content out? Hmm. So I think it's kind of a combination of both. We definitely need valuable, but we also need quantity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say when I started blogging, I, that perfectionist in me that I've, I've, I took in care of her a lot, but back then she was kind of had a lot of control. But when I first started blogging, I was going to write a really meaty article, like the best article for that particular keyword, that topic that I'm writing about, it's going to be like better than anyone's. It's going to be long. I mean, I was writing like 5,000 word posts. Oh. It's kind of crazy. Wow. I was making infographics. I was making YouTube videos. I mean, the perfectionism was through the roof. I mean, these were really good articles, but the problem is SEO is an educated guest. There's no guarantee that that article will get on the first page of Google. No one knows the secrets behind Google except Google. It <laughs> And I, I'm talking a lot about Google because they are the number one search engine followed by um, number two, which is YouTube, surprisingly, but YouTube is a search engine and they're owned by Google. So we really pay attention to what Google says. I mean, they, they drive most of my traffic on my website is through them. So, um, oh my goodness, I lost my train of thought. No. So I was trying to say, is it about quantity or quality? Quantity or quality. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's going on tangent here, but um, so it's both because like I said, when I first started, I wrote these really meaty articles and Again, the problem is, is it might not rank on the first page of Google. And I will tell you, because I set such high standards for myself, I was also making them research-based. So everyone had like all these reference, you know, peer-reviewed literature attached to it. So these were very time-consuming articles in the beginning. And about three months into blogging, I burnt myself out and stopped blogging for the next few months. <laughs> so that didn't, that didn't serve anyone, right? Yeah. And it was in, um, so six months after blogging, it happened to be the new year. And so I set a goal. I was like, you know what? Two to four SEO optimized, good enough blog articles. And that's when I really started seeing the growth because I just, again, done is better than perfect. Make sure I put in my SEO elements and get it out there. Okay. I, I I generally have my articles at least a thousand words. That's just me. I mean, I do want them to have be meaty, have some substance. And I do individual research with each article to figure out like, how can I best optimize this particular topic for SEO? But I found that volume is better because then like, again, if you put one article out, you can't guarantee that. Google's going to rank it. And especially if that's like a 5,000 word article, break that up into four articles. Mm. It's more than likely that Google's going to find one, two. Hey, if they hit all, that's great mm -hmm. of those articles. And for me, I 
always recommend using data. They won't, we always say like what you can't manage what you don't measure. Mm -hmm. So I would track all of my articles that I wrote and I would figure out, okay, which articles are on the first page of Google that would give me guidance on, okay, make more of this or don't make that. Okay. Google is never going to rank you for these topics. Stop writing about that. Focus more on this because this is what they are you know, showing you for. Mm-hmm. So, so really my strategy is like, yes, make sure it's optimized for SEO, make sure it's good content content that really helps the reader, but then volume is key and, and volume is key for growth. If you are a side hustler and you're doing this on the side and you're like, I don't have time to put out a ton of articles. That's okay. Just recognize it's going to take you longer to reach your goals. But if you're looking to reach your goals faster, um, then it really comes down to getting out more good content. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. And then the last thing I'd love to talk about is kind of this passive income piece, because I'm assuming, like you said at the beginning, you kind of want to figure out what the blog is for. Is it just to generate, you know, more traffic to the website? Is it to get more one-on-one clients? Is it to sell your passive, you know, eBooks or meal plans? Um, But all of that's going to come down to, I'm assuming, giving some kind of like call to action on each blog post. So can you kind of talk us through how you might structure a blog post so that at the end of somebody reading it, they might like do some kind of action you want them to take? Yeah. Yeah. So when I write a blog article, it depends on what the topic is, but at this point I have multiple streams of income. So I have multiple revenue sources. I'm at the point now where I have ads on my website. Um, I recommend going with what we call a high end ad network. I use Mediavine. Um, You can get ads on your website, right? When you start, for example, through Google AdSense. Um, The problem with that is that when you have ads on your website, it slows it down. You heard me talking about the importance of a fast website. So it's a better strategy to focus on your SEO, keep your website lightning fast, grow traffic, then apply for the high-end ad networks. The ad network is the middleman between bloggers and advertisers. So you don't have to do all the tech. They deal with it on the back end. They just put the ads in your website and it makes, it's very easy, but I recommend waiting until you can apply for one of those higher end ad networks. Um, I, I chose to go for Mediavine, which required me to have 50,000 visitors per month. And that took me 17 ish months to qualify. But once I did, that's when I started generating really significant income through the blog. So when it comes to having ads on your website as a source of passive income, it really doesn't matter because (laughs) as long as they see those ads with their eyeballs, you're going to make money, but we don't just want to make money through one stream of income. We want to make money through multiple streams of income. Now, the way my website is set up on the right hand, um, I have a sidebar. So on the right hand side of my website, regardless of where you are, I have some 
air quotes, ads that I made that are advertisements for some of my highest um, selling products. One of my products is called High Calorie Shakes. A lot of my focus is stopping unintended weight loss in older adults. So high calorie foods. So I have a little advertisement on the right-hand side for this product. So this way, it doesn't matter what article you're reading, it's always there. Mm-hmm. At the top, I do have a um, shop, a store where people can learn more about here's my free resources, here's my paid resources, and they learn about all of the things that I sell. But depending on the article, I will kind of incorporate and weave into it these additional income streams. So it could look like if I'm writing an article about high cal, we'll just talk about high calorie shakes. <laughs> if I'm writing an article about high calorie shakes, of course, I'm providing value. I'm going to talk about why they're needed, why they're beneficial, what to look for. Maybe I will include some Amazon affiliate links to some potential high calorie shakes that you buy (laughs) pre-made. So Mm -hmm. they can, when they click on that, I get a percentage of what they purchase. Um, There's something called cookies that tax on when they click onto my, my affiliate link. And if they purchase anything within a 24 hour period, I actually get a commission of everything in their cart, not just those high calorie shakes. So I'll put those in there because if they're, if they have a problem they're searching for online, they're ready for a solution. And if I present that solution, they're more likely just to buy it right then and there. So I'll have those um, affiliate links in there. And then maybe scrolling down more, I'll have, when I'm talking about making homemade shakes, I'll throw in here, like, here's my e-cookbook for making shakes at home. And that's a paid product that I've already created. But again, they've got problems that are looking for solutions like, oh, this is better for me. I'd prefer to make them at home than buy them through Amazon. So then continuing on, um, usually my, my CTA for that particular topic is really focused on my course that I sell, which is the higher ticket of all of those income streams. And that is a course on um, gaining weight made easy. So it's kind of like providing lots of value, providing solutions. And each article does look very different, but providing the CTA would either look like buying these paid products or sometimes and or going to another website, which will continue to provide value and start that process again. Oftentimes people need to see things multiple times before they're like, oh yeah, I totally need this. So it might lead them to another article. It helps me because they're on the website longer. They're seeing more ads. Maybe they'll click on an ad and, um, and it just gives more opportunity for them to kind of resonate with my content and potentially buy a product. I also have opportunities to opt into my email list. Once mm-hmm. they get on my email list, they get a series of emails where I continue to nurture them, provide value and give opportunities to my paid products if it serves them. So. Um, I know this is kind of all over the place, but lots of different ways to add value (laughs) in, you know, and to have those call to actions. I love that. And one thing you did mention was um, having links to other blog posts. Now, my um, understanding of this, that actually also helps with your um, Google ranking and, and Google sees you as more of an authority that way. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it helps with SEO to link to other blog articles on your website because it keeps people on the website longer. So Google is such a smart machine. (laughs) Like it knows if we search something and we go into the website and we automatically click back out, that Mm -hmm. tells Google like, Hey, this website probably didn't answer the question they had or had good enough information to make them want to stay. Where if they click on it and they're on our page for a long time. Google's like, dang, this must have some good information. They're like hanging out here for a long time. And when we have like if we link people to other articles and they're continuing to stay on our website, it just, it does help us for our SEO. Um, There's some other linking strategies where if you have other websites link back to your website, Hmm. that is also something that helps with your SEO because if, you know, maybe there's like this 
legit website that's been around for a long time. It's a heavy hitter in the blogging world. And if that website is linking back to you, that tells Google like, hey, if this website's established, they're not going to link to spam. If they're linking to this website, they must be pretty good too. So that can help boost your ranking too. So there's yeah. a lot of SEO strategy with links, but um, but it's also, again, providing value to people. If we link, even for, for me linking to other um, articles or other blogs in a way that provides value. If, if the user's like, man, this is a wonderful website, they're more likely to bookmark it and come back to. Hmm. Yeah. So many great tips. So many great tips. I think it's great for anyone to, you know, have a strategy for their blog, have a strategy for anything in their business. I think there's like the step one where you just get started and you put things out there that, like you said, imperfect action, but then step two is being strategic about the action you're taking. And I know personally, I've just started blogging. I think I might've mentioned that um, earlier. And I've seen a lot of results just in the last, I think, three months of having an article up, it's now first. um, And I actually have the feature snippet on Google. So having those things happen so quickly, it's reminds me that, you know, just relying on, let's say social media is not going to be the, you know, it could maybe be the thing that's going to grow your business. uh, But you're gonna have to put so much time and energy into that. And there's so many other, let's say, quote, unquote, passive ways to grow like blogging, um, that are going to reach so many more people. So I'm so glad that you're sharing this. It's, it's so needed. And I feel like so many people are blogging, but they feel like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, Mm -hmm. So just even what you've shared today has been so helpful for, you know, what to focus on and how to get started with that. So Thank you. I'd love to leave it there. And I would love for you to just share maybe like one tip for somebody that's just getting started with blogging right now. What would you say is like the most important thing for them to focus on? Ooh, okay. So the most important thing, if you are thinking about blogging right now is, you know what? I'd say learn SEO or start looking into SEO. Like I actually did learn SEO before I even started my website. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do it backwards. They, they've been blogging for a while. It's okay if you do it backwards. If you've been blogging for a while, it's not too late. You can go backwards. But I think probably the first thing is getting a good grasp on SEO. Even if it's just like, okay, I'm going to learn more about what this is now. Once you understand that, that's going to give you more clarity as you figure out your niche and build the website and do the things. But SEO is just the step you can't miss if you want people to find your content. And is that something you teach inside your blogging program as well? Yes. Yes, I do. So <laughs> my program is called the Blogging Accelerator Program. You can find it at bloggingacceleratorprogram.com. Doors are currently closed. I'm not quite sure when this is going to air, but um, I do have a wait list available if you're ever trying to find it and it's not available. But it's a program where I help people get clarity in what am I going to blog about, um, actually build the blog, how to learn SEO, how to um, actually write your first article, get it out there, how to build up multiple streams of passive income, because it really focuses on blogging as a business. So not just like, I want lots of people to find this, but it's like, yes, I want lots of people to find this and I want to make money and build a business. So yeah. yeah, I love that. Where else can people find you? So you can find me at Dietitian Side Hustle on Instagram. My website is dietitiansidehustle.com. I have all kinds of information under my resource page. I also have a blog and um, dietitian, nutritionist, student, again, healthcare professional. It doesn't matter. All these bones are the same, but you can find lots of value in the information on dietitiansidehustle.com. And then also my podcast is Dietitian Side Hustle found on all of the major podcast directories. 
Perfect. I'll make sure to link all of that and definitely the blogging program because I am a huge fan of blogging now. And I think that sounds like an amazing program to get started. So thanks so much for sharing and thanks for all your knowledge today. It was really, really helpful to learn from you. And I'm sure everyone listening um, definitely have a lot of takeaways from this episode. So thanks again for coming on, Katie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.